and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. Uh, we didn't have a show last week. We had a repeat of show, so please forgive us. Dom, it's great to be back talking some football. I'm excited. Boy, football's around the corner. Training camp is just going to be here, what, in about two, three weeks? I mean, wow, I can't wait for training camp to start. The NFL is here. Let's get this started. 100%, Dominic. I lo- yeah, I love tuning into NFL Network and just seeing the guys, you know, throw the ball around, being in pads and all that stuff, just to get a, you know, uh, kind of that taste of uh, football back because it seems like it's been a while since we've had some meaningful football. All that is about to change, Dominic. Preseason coming up soon. I'm super pumped, just like you. So, Dominic, with no show last week, we didn't get to talk about the big trade involving Baker Mayfield going to those Carolina Panthers. I know we talked about a few rumors of uh, him possibly going to the Seattle Seahawks. Ultimately, it is Carolina getting the job done. He goes to the Panthers uh, for a 2024 fifth-round pick in return to the Cleveland Browns. I think Cleveland at this point was just happy to kind of get rid of him um, because, uh, you know, he didn't want to stay. And obviously, look, they had hoped to keep him. They couldn't get the job done. And it's, it's tough when you have a guy that doesn't want to be there. And, uh, look, obviously he knew that Deshaun Watson was the guy that the Browns wanted. And he says, you know what, I'm not going to stay here until Deshaun potentially plays, doesn't play. I want out. He got his wish, Dominic. And now Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther heading into the next season. Wow. Big news out of Carolina. Baker Mayfield. The plane has landed. And Carolina's season just got resurrected. Amen for Baker Mayfield. I think this is an amazing landing spot. We all know it was between Seattle or Carolina. It ended up being Carolina. And what a beautiful team Baker gets to walk on. And wow, Christian McCaffrey, Terrence Marshall Jr., and DJ Moore. That's your offense right now in Carolina. And can it work? with Baker Mayfield, I say yes. I say yes because Christian McCaffrey is the one and only Christian McCaffrey. And I think he's borderline top five running back in the NFL. And Matt Rule, you know, now he really has his ass to the fire. If this guy doesn't (laughs) produce, he will be fired. And I think that with Baker Mayfield, not only is he elevating Carolina's entire franchise but he's also going to save matt rules job i don't know if carolina makes the playoffs this year but i can guarantee you this team is going to compete i could see baker mayfield at the very worst be playing 500 football let's see where the chips falls but baker mayfield in carolina i'm expecting big things honestly dominic i like it for the carolina panthers i think that um look they invested a lot in Sam Darnold. We all know that he was, uh, you know, one of the top picks when he was drafted coming out of USC. Of course, they expected more. Um, I like this just in the sense that you like you're saying, like, look, Sam, like, we love you. We invested a lot of you, lost a lot in you. But like now we want to see production. Um, and when you got a good quote unquote, I guess you could say backup QB, a great backup QB in Baker Mayfield or what they hope to be a starting quarterback eventually in uh, in Baker Mayfield. Uh, it puts pressure on Sam Donald. You know, he knows he can't really make the mistakes that he's been making in these past few seasons, uh, and he's got to pick it up. So, like him, he's got that fire under his butt as well uh, because he knows if he makes a mistake that uh, that technically, uh, you know, there's going to be guys right there. You know, a guy like Baker Mayfield, who's a super uh, accurate quarterback coming out of Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, he was also drafted high, Dominic. So, you have a ton of potential there in um, in Carolina with the the – quarterback position and they didn't have to give up much right you're talking about 2024 fifth round pick uh virtually you know nothing there conditional fifth round pick a lot of people weren't happy with it just because like look you can't really expect baker mayfield to come and to revive your um, to revive your franchise around just because of what we've seen with in him with with cleveland browns but look now we're gonna see is it really those cleveland browns or was it baker mayfield or was it a mixture of both because you know people know dominic that when you play with cleveland it's tough to uh Tough to have um, success there. So I really think now this is going to say a lot about A, Baker Mayfield, B, about those Cleveland Browns, um, and, you know, C, we're going to see Sam Darnold either step up step up his game or crumble under the pressure because my bet is that Sam Darnold will start the season. He's a guy that they want to see uh, have success in this offense. So uh, Sam Darnold, Dominic, has a little bit more pressure on him now. 
You're insane, Williams. Sam Darnold will not be the quarterback in week one. I'd rather have a CFL quarterback start if that's going to be the case. So you forget about it. Don't be surprised if Sam Darnold even gets cut. In my opinion, hey, you got Matt Carell. And if everything went wrong, you'd have P.J. Walker. But I don't want to see Sam Darnold. The guy's done. His career is done. Get out of the NFL. You're done. Baker Mayfield, congratulations. You'll see week one, you will be on that football team. We all know the way you developed in Cleveland was not the way. Obviously, it's hard not to put a number one pick week one as your starting quarterback and have him sit. I get that. But he wasn't developed the right way. And in the AFC North, out of all divisions, if you have a rookie quarterback starting week one, I mean, granted, we do have one exception in Joe Burrow, but it's tough. Baker Mayfield, I doubt he'll ever get to Joe Burrow's, you know, stature. But then again, you know, Joe Burrow is still a very young quarterback. So who knows where his career is going to end when it's all said and done. But I'm telling you, Baker, sign it week one. He will be there. And Matt Rule will have a good game plan to make this team as competitive in that division like no other. Dominic, you may be right uh, saying uh, Baker Mayfield will be the the starting QB. I'm surprised how confident you are in it. I guess like you think he's going to fit like a glove with this Panthers team. Um, I think it's going to be a battle. I really think that training camp uh, and preseason will be big for both these players. I think that, like I said, Dominic, when you take a quarterback like Sam Darnold so high in the draft, um, you really want to give him every possible chance to succeed in the NFL. And of course you're right. He hasn't like uh, let been playing up to expectations and he hasn't been the guy they hoped him to be. Um, and he hasn't necessarily been that focal leader uh, that a lot of people, you know, say he wasn't and that could potentially be the reason he hasn't been a great QB in the NFL because he not, may not be that quote unquote leader. I'm not trying to necessarily agree with that. I think uh, a lot of these quarterbacks can be a leader by example, uh, but I will say Dominic, I'm a little bit surprised with how convinced you are that it will be Baker starting. Do you think that Baker starting will give this team um, a, a much better chance to compete for a playoff sport? Or do you really think that in your mind, the Carolina Panthers aren't trading for Baker Mayfield if he's not the quarterback starting week one? No, I think that the Baker Mayfield bar none, the reason why he's going to be the starting quarterback is that he's so much more better than Sam Darnold. A lot of people might say, oh, no, what are you talking about? This guy didn't prove absolutely nothing in the AFC North. Last year, it was an asterisk year. The guy got hurt. He shouldn't even been playing halfway through. He should have just took it, you know, completely off once he got injured. So, and then the first year is another write-off because, you know, a rookie quarterback coming in the NFL, what's your expectation? It's the second year where a lot of people when they made all those trades, they put, you know, Cleveland on a huge pedestal, including myself. Mm-hmm. And I just believe in Baker's accuracy. I believe that the hardest thing to find in the NFL is an accurate quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Baker, you know, he hasn't really shown that he can fit, you know, the football when he gets to the red zone. That's the element that I still need to be sold. But I think he could do it by the end of the year. We all know who Terrace Marshall Jr. will be. I think he's going to make this guy a star, bank on nine to eight TDs, give or take, and at least minimum 900 yards. It's going to be really amazing to see between DJ Moore or Terrace Marshall Jr. who's going to have the better season. But everything that I'm reading points to Terrace Marshall becoming a bona fide star in that Carolina Panthers offense. And that's going to help Baker to get his confidence back, to really realize that he's actually a pretty decent quarterback. A lot of guys are just really harsh on Baker, and he's going to prove them all wrong starting week one of the NFL season. Well, it's pretty crazy, Dominic, that week one you have Browns against the Panthers. You couldn't have made that stuff up. The NFL schedule makers got it right there. Maybe they knew something that we didn't. Uh, But, Dominic, bring up a good point. I'm looking at a few websites here and – betting favorites to see who will be the starting QB for the Panthers. And it's, it's heavy on Baker Mayfield. Uh, so you might be right about that. It looks like uh, uh, Sam Brown will have to do a little bit more than I thought and, and prove himself, further prove himself, um, whether that comes to training camp uh, or the preseason. Because right now, I think that you're right, Dominic. If we were betting guys, it looks like we put our money on Baker Mayfield uh, just because the report's coming out of Carolina. Uh, you talk about that wide receiving core, Dominic. I like, I like, I like the core as well. 
it's uh, a pretty young core with a lot of upside. You got Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, you got DJ Moore. You got Robbie Anderson as well. Uh, I don't know if you caught Robbie Anderson, Dominic, but he was very vocal uh, on social media that he did not want Baker Mayfield to be traded to the Carolina Panthers. He did not get his wish. Uh, Baker will be, obviously, is now a Carolina Panther. I just find this, like, really an awkward situation where if you're Baker or if you're Robbie Anderson, like, when you guys are watching film together, when you guys are in the huddle, what's that dynamic like, right? Because you're coming in a quarterback, trying to prove yourself um, and, you know, one of the more popular names in free eight or in the offseason this year being Baker Mayfield. And you have a guy that's adamant who you're going to be throwing the football to and trying to win a Super Bowl with. Um, that's going to be very crucial to this team because Robbie Anderson is, is a good receiver, still only 29 years of age, uh, six foot three, 190 pounds. I like him. I liked him with the Jets. His attitude hasn't been great. Even with the Jets, uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't anything to write home about. But I think this is not a great start uh, if you're talking about Carolina and this offense and, and where they're they're going to be. It's already difficult when you're all on the same page, when you're headed to a new team, when you're trying to learn a new playbook and you're trying to learn a new system. And if you're Baker now and you feel like a guy, one of the top wide receivers on the team and Robbie Anderson doesn't even want you there, you got to think, is he going to be trying – um, or is, is his heart and soul going to be into this team? Has he bought into to the system? Has he bought into Baker Mayfield himself? Like this is, I feel, an awkward situation. Um, and, you know, it's not, uh, it's not something that I'd say uh, very impressive uh, if you're talking about Robbie Anderson and that side of the things. You know, of course, like, look, you want to have a quarterback that you like, a quarterback that, um, that you trust. And obviously he doesn't right now. But to go on social media and, you know, to, to attract attention towards your team and towards a player, uh, I'm not a big fan of that. I think it's, you know, it's really a slap in the face to Baker uh, and, and to the, the management of the Carolina Panthers because they're doing this move thinking it's going to benefit their team. And when you have a player like Robbie Anderson, who's important to the team, adamantly opposed on social media that he didn't like the signing or even before it happened, this is an awkward situation from the get-go, and I feel like not a lot of people have talked about this, and I could see this creating some friction uh, early on in the season for the Carolina Panthers. William, who are you talking about? Uh, Robbie Anderson. Who? <laughs> Robbie Anderson? Hey, who? he's uh, dominant. He's not a bad receiver, but all that to say whether he's Robbie Anderson or whether he's a third stringer on a CFL squad, uh, he's making it publicly known that he doesn't want Baker on the team, Dominic. Robbie Anderson's going to be packing his bags. He'll be gone by week three, if not even the beginning of the season. Nobody needs Robbie Anderson. What has Robbie Anderson ever done in the NFL other than having the weirdest haircut? <laughs> that being said, Rashad Higgins. He'll slide right in there. Robbie Anderson is a goalpost in the red zone, and that's about it. You know, he could catch the odd play action here and there. We've all seen it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're running a straight line, why aren't you – why are you in the NFL? If you're running a straight line, go run the 100-yard meter dash. You don't belong in the NFL. You will not be seeing Robbie Anderson by the end of the season as a Carolina Panther. If he even makes the team, I would love to look – at the contract scenario, whether or not cutting him would help Carolina in any way, because that's what I would do. Safe to say you don't think it'll be that much of an issue then, Dominic. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Well, talking about other receivers on that squad, Dominic, how do you think that, you know, they're going to fare? Because like you talk about, uh, obviously, like how this affects Sam Darnold. Of course, it affects him a lot, right? It affects him like the most, him and Baker Mayfield. Um, but uh, obviously now as these wide receivers, you got to get used to another quarterback, uh, DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall Jr. We talk about these young guys and even like Christian McCaffrey too, who's used to catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think they're excited? Do you, you know, they're, they're willing to see what, uh, what Baker could bring and, you know, all the attention he's going to bring to the roster. Cause look, I think the Panthers are going to be, uh, have an easier time selling tickets now because Baker Mayfield is Baker and whether he's balling out or not, he's a fun player to talk about an exciting guy. Uh, how do you think the offense is going to be receptive towards him, Dominic, especially the wide receivers and Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, they're receptive to Christian McCaffrey. All they want to see is yeah. Christian McCaffrey all day, every day for the entire season and crossing their fingers that the guy does not get hurt. If yeah. that happens, this team's competitive. The guy, Baker, can easily manage this offense to at least a minimum of a 500 record, in my personal opinion. And don't be surprised if they go over that. 
I just don't know. You know, in the NFC, to be honest with you, there's not a lot of quarterbacks. You got Tom Brady, you got Stafford, and who else? Why not Baker Mayfield? So, Dominic, we talked about Baker Mayfield, how he will or will not potentially fit in Carolina. Uh, you talked about Matt Rule, too, Dominic. He's got pressure on himself. And you got a lot of guys on this Carolina Panthers team under pressure. Obviously, you got the two quarterbacks. You got the head coach. Uh, we talk about Christian McCaffrey, and I think it's just um, when you talk about this Carolina team, it's hard not to talk about him. And, um, like, you said it perfectly, Dominic. I just want him to stay healthy because he is – Great for football, a great player. Seems to be a great guy uh, on and off the field. And he's just a fun, exciting player to watch. A running back that we haven't really seen uh, in, the, in in a while, just how dynamic he is. And you know, when I think about him, I think about potentially drafting him first overall. But I think I'm just too nervous to do that this year, Dominic, when we're talking fantasy. He's just been injured too much, and it's it, it's hard. Unfortunately, it's a big, big part of football. And, you know, with McCaffrey, unfortunately, he's showing he's just unable to stay healthy, whether that's because you know, giving him too many touches, uh, whether that's because I don't know, Dominic, I don't think it's anything to do with, uh, you know, his, his nutrition or him working out because he seems to be a fit guy. It's just, I really want him to stay healthy this year for him and for this Carolina team, because they're a thousand times better with him on the field and maybe not even necessarily Dominic, him getting touches, him just being there, being a presence there, him being eye candy off the play action. Just the fact that on defensive side of the ball, you always have to account for him. It leaves other guys open on the field. It makes the job easier for the quarterback. All this to say, I really have my fingers and toes crossed this year that Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for the entire year because, you know, he deserves it. And, you know, it's the Carolina Panthers deserve to have a season with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. 100%. I would expect him to get minimum the ball 20 times per game. I think that's manageable. You do have two other running backs in the stable, and they brought in Dante Foreman, who did an amazing job filling the shoes for Derrick Henry in Tennessee last year. So expect him to get the ball here and there, and also expect Chuba Hubbard to get the ball. I know that last year, a lot of people had high expectations, including myself. Me too. When, Me I, too. when I saw Christian McCaffrey go down, I'm like, hey, they got Chuba Hubbard. It's going to be yeah. amazing to see. But potentially that offensive line wasn't as strong. They they drafted Akeem Ikuono. Yeah. I think that he's definitely going to help that offensive line. And again, Christian McCaffrey, 20 times a game. If you do that, it's a good number. It's maintainable. And you can find success with it. You can give a, a couple goal line carries. Dante Foreman, he could be that guy kind of like taking some extra hits in that area. But I don't want to see him too much during the season because you need a guy to set up runs. You need a guy to have the reps. And that guy is Christian McCaffrey, bar none, on this football team. Yeah, you bring up a, a point, Dominic, there in them drafting an O-lineman, I believe with the sixth pick overall in this year's draft. Uh, a lot of people thought they would take a quarterback. I did too. Uh, either, you know, uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty or Kenny Pickett, who ended up going to your Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it makes a little bit more sense now that they had planned to get another uh, quarterback in free agency, whether that be uh, Baker Mayfield, which they, they obviously got, or hoping somebody else would land to them. Um, do you think that potentially we can look back on this and say, Dominic, like, look, the Carolina Panthers were sitting pretty at the number six spot. And I know that this year's quarterback draft wasn't as sexy as, you know, last year's, the year before. Uh, and it was kind of, I guess you can say, a quote-unquote weak draft when it came to the quarterback position. Um, but I think that if this situation doesn't work out with Darnold and or Baker Mayfield, you're going to have a lot of these Carolina Panther fans that said, look, we had the sixth overall pick, and it's not often as an NFL franchise you get a top 10 pick. You had every quarterback available there. No quarterback was taken uh, in the first five picks of this year's draft. So I'm really hoping for Carolina's management's sake that this end up, ends up working up at the quarterback position for them because they did draft that O-line like you talked about who should give Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield more time to throw the football. Me, Dominic, I was kind of the one of the believers that I would have taken Kenny Pickett there or even like Malik Willis uh, at number six. I think that you were kind of uh, the, the, um, the guy that said like, you know what, I like where Carolina is headed and I'm happy they drafted O-line. You got to build through the trenches. Um, but you know, this could potentially leave a question mark uh, on this draft if it doesn't work out because the Carolina Panthers had that six seed Dominic and, you know, when we get a top six pick in the NFL, uh, it's really that gold mine uh, as a, as an NFL franchise. Oh, I agree 100% with you. And what makes it even worse is they had the opportunity to draft 
Evan Neal. To me, when it's all said and done in a few years from now, I think Evan Neal will be the better lineman in this draft. However, it's all about fit and it's all about the system. So what kind of system will Matt Rule bring out to have Ikuonu to be better than Neal? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Time will tell. If they didn't go offensive lineman, you know, I would have loved to seen Jordan Davis. I would have loved to see that guy on any team. He, I was huge on him. I think he landed with the Eagles. He'll pretty much replace Fletcher Cox or whoever was huge in that defensive line, whether it had been Reggie White back in the day, they picked up a gem in Jordan Davis. Would it have been a reach at number six? Probably because a lot of people had him falling in this draft, which he did to number 13. And the other wild card was Kyle Hamilton. Since they picked up Chin, with Kyle Hamilton and Chin being a, a good combo, maybe. And so what I'm trying to get at is that Kyle Hamilton would have been the other magical player potentially for that Carolina Panthers, kind of a wild card. But again, another reach at number six. And then with regards to the ride receivers, I wouldn't have touched that. So I think who they drafted, it's going to be about the system and whether or not he fits the system. And the only time will tell whether or not he does. Definitely, Dominic. We've talked a lot about the Carolina Panthers on the show. One last thing. Have you seen the Panthers release their new helmets for a game they're going to be playing against the Falcons this season? No. Is it sweet? I'll have to it's check that pretty, out right now. It's pretty clean, Dominic. It's an all-black helmet that uh, they they want to be wearing uh, for about midway through the season when they play the Carolina Panthers. New stuff in Carolina Panthers uh, territory there, getting a new QB and now got the snazzy new black helmets. I don't know if it's just for that game. I don't know what their plan is, but uh, oh, I, I see know. them. Yeah, I see them right now. It's pretty, pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I kind of like uh, like the the alternate helmets and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out with teams. But I think that the Panthers uh, hit a home run with this one. So a lot of stuff changing there in Carolina. Uh, like you said, Dominic, got to wait and see what happens there. And I think it's pretty incredible just to finish off, Dominic. How could you have written any better for the Carolina Panthers to play the Cleveland Browns in week one? It's, it's almost like it was staged. I mean, how cool is that? It is really cool. It's a little sad for Cleveland fans because it's going to be yeah. hard for Cleveland. They're going to be probably waiting a couple weeks. I don't think Deshaun Watson starts week one. There's rumors now that if he gets suspended for the entire year, that he's going to sue the NFL. So that will be a really great story to follow all the way through training camp because he needs to be in that organization, throwing the ball, getting comfortable with his teammates and not have this weight of this lawsuit on his shoulders. Granted, we have to wait to see how it's going to play out. My gut tells me the NFL is pushing for a year. I think they're going to land us in, in a sweet spot uh, halfway through the season, which means the Cleveland Browns will not get the luxury of seeing Deshaun to play week one against Carolina. Would have been nice to see, but mm -hmm. I'm sure the guy that's going to be already, it's like he's circled this date. He knows who he has, and that's Baker Mayfield. He will put on a show for Carolina fans to remember and to realize that they got themselves a really decent quarterback for basically pennies on the dollar. Yeah, exactly, Dominic. That's it. For me, it's like, look, you may not like Baker Mayfield as kind of a, a low-risk, uh, high-reward type thing. Let's talk about those Cleveland Browns now, Dominic. You talked about Deshaun Watson. I think he will definitely won't be ready for week one. I'd be shocked if he's uh, – if he's going to be allowed to play. My gut is he's going to miss the entire season. So where does this trade leave the Cleveland Browns now, Dominic? They know they don't have Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson, obviously a big, big question mark there and everything that's happened with him. This Cleveland Browns team, you know, like they've had uh, their uh, their upsets over the past few seasons. They're no longer the Cleveland Browns that, you know, teams make fun, people make fun of. They get one to two wins per season. They got a solid roster. They got they bring in Amari Cooper. They still have the great running back tandem. Um, in uh, or sorry, they have Nick Chubb for now on that roster, and uh, and obviously sorry, so yeah, Kareem Hunt as well. Looks like Jacoby Brissett's going to be starting for this offense. Was a QB the few games last year for the Miami Dolphins. Where does that leave Cleveland, Dominic? I think like this is, it's a weird situation, right, with the Browns. It really is a weird situation because let's say Deshaun Watson comes midseason. You know, how does that work? What if Jacoby Brissett's playing well and they're at five and three in the season? Uh, or let's say Jacoby Brissett, you know, uh, isn't doing well um, and you're going to kind of force out Deshaun Watson there. 
I think people expect Deshaun Watson to go out and ball out right away. This guy hasn't played football in a while. He's going to be throwing to receivers he hasn't thrown to yet. So I think we've got to just push it back a little bit. Like this Deshaun Watson, he's a great NFL player. He's a good NFL quarterback. But he's let's not bank on the fact that he's going to come into Cleveland and, you know, win games left and right for these guys, especially after having having playing football for a while. Who knows where his mental state is uh, at right now, Dominic, obviously dealing with things more important uh, than football now with uh, with everything going on in his life. Like Cleveland, it's a man, it's a mess. It's chaotic. I guess it's fairly exciting at the same time because you got some new players on the team. I feel weird being a Cleveland Browns fan right now, Dominic, because there's a lot of, let's just say a lot of things going on uh, right now in uh, in Cleveland. And if you're uh, a fan of those Browns. Yeah, definitely. They want to see Deshaun Watson as quick as possible. Let's be honest. And I think that we're going to see him, as I said, mid-season. I'm sticking with it. But overall, this team in the past couple of years has been a running football team. And Nick yeah. Chubb, has really solidified himself as a great running back in the NFL. And Kareem Hunt, in my opinion, is a number one running back playing as a number two. You could put him on a lot of football teams right now, and I guarantee you they would take him as their number one running back. But Cleveland's MO is to run the football behind that strong offensive line. I don't see anything changing next season, and it doesn't matter who really is quarterback for the Cleveland Browns because, you know, they, they had Baker injured last year, and they stacked the box, yet Cleveland managed to destroy Cincinnati twice last year. I mean, just manhandle Cincinnati. It's a very funny team in Cleveland. And in that division, the AFC North, anything can happen. So don't be surprised if Kevin Stefanski does something kind of interesting, and which is run the football and kind of escape with a lot of victories, leaning on his defense hard, probably maybe in the second half of the season when it starts to get cold. If they can ride the ship and be a 500, you know, kind of like football team, they could upset Cincinnati because I think they have Cincinnati's number. And Baltimore, you just don't know what to expect with Baltimore. If they're behind, you know, 14 nothing, then you got Lamar Jackson playing not his typical type of brand of football, and he's trying to play comeback football. And if that happens, Baltimore probably loses those games. So, don't count Cleveland out. I hate Kevin Stefanski. I can't wait to see a new coach in Cleveland because I think that's one of the biggest problems in Cleveland. But they have Stefanski. It's up to him to put a game plan together. It's not. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to run the football. You just got to put it together with your offensive line. And adding a guy like Amari Cooper could obviously do a lot of great things in Cleveland. But the gem that we're going to see is David Bell. Mark my words. Circle this name. David Bell, by midseason, you're going to know exactly who this guy is. He'll probably be leading that right receiver core in yardage for the Cleveland Browns. Damn, I like it. Hot take there, Dominic. Uh, the young buck there potentially making a name for himself in Cleveland. Look at the Cleveland uh, Browns schedule, Dominic. Fairly, I guess you can say, soft schedule to start the season. You got at Carolina Panthers, then you got the Jets, you got your Steelers, not to throw any shade at the Steelers, and a, a Thursday night game in week three. Then you play at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if you're Cleveland, I think that, you know, you got to start off the season like minimum two and two, but you're really going for three and one at this point, no matter who is starting uh, for the Cleveland Browns. The game against the Jets is very winnable. The game against the Falcons is very winnable. winnable. Um, and then you've got the Steelers, Panthers. You know, you could see them going 0-2 in that matchup. They like to split that one. So potential 3-1 start there for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and then a little bit later on, the season gets a little bit more difficult for them. Because, look, if you're Cleveland, Dominic, you can't afford to go uh, like 2-4 and four in your division, right? 2-4, and 1-5. You're going to have to, at the very least, split against the Ravens and the Bengals, which may be difficult for them, especially this year because everything that's going on there. Um, but we've talked about this division a lot, and uh, I think it is a super fascinating division. I think that, uh, that you would agree. I still think Cincy is the favorite to come out of this division. Um, and uh, it's going to be, like, really important for these games that – you know, Cleveland not only like puts up a fight in this one, but is able to come away with victories against teams like Cincinnati, against teams like Baltimore, um, because we see Cleveland has taken the next step over the last few seasons. But now it's time, you know, even though it's not the best situation for them with everything that's going on, it's time for them to win these games that we need them or want them to win in order to be considered the cream of the crop of the NFL.
Oh, absolutely. And it starts with Cincinnati. I'm just thinking what I saw last year, Cleveland and Cincinnati, Cincinnati seemed lost for whatever reason. What happens is Cleveland boasts one of the best secondaries in the NFL, in my opinion. And when they're healthy, you got Greg Newsom the second, you have Greedy Williams, you have Grant Delpit. To me, that's a great start right there. You got Denzel Ward. It's it's a really strong secondary. Now, the, the key to this defense is going to be whether or not JOK can get to the quarterback because they're going to double cover Miles Garrett, guarantee, and Javon Clowney. Well, I expect him to be there half the season and probably half the other season he won't be there. So it's whether or not the guy that they drafted last year, JOK, if he can do lights out football, get to the quarterback and sack him maybe 10 sacks in the season. I think this team could be pretty dangerous on defense specifically. So it's a funny season. We'll have to see how it plays out. I still think deep down inside Cincinnati bar none is the best team in that division, but my gut tells me he gets injured. I just see Cincinnati losing a couple of games. They shouldn't. And the hype that they're going to have coming in. Yeah. I see Joe Burrow missing three weeks of football this year. And Lamar Jackson being the one that capitalizes in that division and Baltimore takes the division. That's my gut. Cleveland will hover around with Cincinnati. Can one of those teams fight for a, a playoff spot? Guaranteed Cincinnati should be. Well, what if, again, since Cleveland owns Cincinnati, what if Cleveland bumps Cincinnati and brings all that hype back to earth where it should be? As a Steelers fan is what I'm saying, but we all know Cincinnati is building one hell of a football team with Jamar Chase. I'm just hoping it doesn't happen more than anything else. We'll have to wait and see. You know, and we talked about a few weeks ago on the show, teams that have a lot of pressure on them. And you picked those Cincinnati Bengals as a team with the most pressure on them heading into the season. And, you know, my pick was the Chargers, but I definitely agree that there's a lot of pressure on those Bengals. Um, because, look, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They have a great team. You expect them only to get better. Sticking in that division, Dominic, you talk about the Baltimore Ravens. They love to run the football. And a guy they rely heavily on in running that football is running back J.K. Dobbins, who unfortunately is uh, not a sure thing to start week one of this season, obviously having an injury last season. The Baltimore Ravens were killed by injuries. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people say it was the reason they didn't end up making the playoffs there. J.K. Dobbins, good running back out of Ohio State. Uh, I thought, you know, even though he was a, a young guy and he was able to fit into the system pretty well. Like, you know, you assume a guy that's a good running back would fit into a running system fairly well, but it's not always the case. But he seemed to fit like a glove with this Baltimore Ravens team. Um, and, you know, he's just a guy that's going to ground and pound for that extra yard and not an easy guy to bring down. So I think something we're going to have to keep an eye on for the Baltimore Ravens is the health of J.K. Dobbins. And then if he's not ready to go, Dominic, you know, you got so solid running backs uh, back up there uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, you got Lamar Jackson that could run the football as well. But I really think that the key to this team's success is J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, if he misses the first four or five weeks of the season, I could see that being a problem for this Ravens team. Obviously, you don't want to rush a guy back before he's ready. But uh, if I'm Lamar Jackson, if I'm Harbaugh, and if I'm the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens fan, I'm really hoping J.K. Dobbins could come back to this uh, football team ASAP. And I think that, you know, He's got a high football IQ, J.K. Dobbins. And you talk about like a lot of guys being patient with the football. He's a guy that for me, yes, he runs north-south, but he's also able to find holes that a lot of these veteran running backs aren't able to. Um, and uh, yeah, he was one of my uh, players that I came watching out of the draft out of Ohio State because I really enjoyed watching him run the football there. Uh, so, you know, could be a potential, another big loss if he's not back. We were hoping he'd be back for week one. Now it's not up in the air, Dominic. Uh, but I don't think he could afford to miss too much time if these Baltimore Ravens want to fight for that division because I think they're really going to need home, home field this year uh in the playoffs in order to be uh, a team that makes a, a run at the super bowl 100 william they need jk dobbins he's the key to this offense i know i love lamar jackson and he literally is the mvp of this team but i think every team in the nfl has their eyes on lamar on every single play so there's got to be a guy that to take the pressure off the most talented guy is J.K. Dobbins in that backfield. I do like Gus Edwards. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. I think he's a very underrated running back. 
and they brought in Mike Davis, old man Mike Davis. I'm sure Harbaugh <laughs> has a plan for him as well. But if they don't have Dobbins, to me, it's a huge red flag. And I don't know whether or not the Ravens could even come back by losing five games or not necessarily losing five games, but starting really slow. Yeah. I expect the Ravens to start really fast. I think it'll be the complete opposite. I've been reading on Lamar. Lamar added some weight. He seems determined. He got bigger. Is that going to help him physically? Will it slow him down? It's going to be, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. But I think I've been watching this guy since college football, and I haven't seen someone as special in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that he is the epitome of a hybrid quarterback. And if there's anybody who, could, who can possibly win the Super Bowl, some will argue that it's already been done with Russell Wilson and so on and so forth. But I want to see a guy like Lamar, a gifted athlete, do it by himself almost and carry this football team without having to throw the ball that much in a football game. It would be unconventional. We haven't seen it. We've talked about it a few episodes ago that he would need to have a bye week to give him the best shots to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think he still can, but losing J.K. Dobbins early will make it that much harder. So we'll hope we'll hope for the Ravens to build something in that backfield under Gus Edwards or Mike Davis if Dobbins goes down, but we'll see. I have more faith in Gus Edwards than Mike Davis. If Mike Davis is in there week one, mayday, mayday, the Ravens have a problem. (laughs) I think that uh, Gus Edwards is a fairly solid RB2. I just think that the, the, the really only right now in this roster guy that could be in a running back number one for this squad is the, uh, is uh, JK Dobbins. Honestly, Dominic, I like, look, you have solid guys at the running back position backups. You have like good experience there, but I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge Gus Edwards fan. Uh, I think you said bring in Mike Davis. Okay. You know, that could help. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I just think that if Dobbins misses games, it's going to be hard for this team to win football games. I uh, look at the first four games. I'm like, you talk about them needing to come out hot. They play against the AFC East uh, to open up the season within their first four games. Pretty remarkable. Uh, actually, when, uh, when you look at that there, Dominic in Baltimore, they got the Jets, Bills, uh, Patriots and Dolphins, not in that order, but all four AFC uh, East teams. So not an easy schedule. We think like maybe coming out two and two and three and one at that point will be a victory. Uh, but, uh, you know, safe to say that these Baltimore Ravens rely heavily on Dobbins and they'll need him back. So we bounced around a little bit on this show. Let's talk about a few tight ends now, Dominic. Uh, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys and Dalton Schultz. Uh, they did not uh, get a deal done by uh, the deadline. Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. Um, and it was expected. Uh, so they don't get an extension uh, there with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not super surprised here. You know, I think that he's a solid tight end, but really he's not a guy that's going to, you know, make or break uh, this team and defenses don't really have to necessarily game plan for him. So I'm not super surprised there. The Cowboys didn't get a a contract extension done. Ultimately, I think it was the right move by Dallas. I was under the impression that Dalton Schultz was a really good, decent tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Whether or not he's injured a lot, I would have to check that out as well. But to me, they need weapons. So I don't understand why they didn't extend him. Maybe it has to do with salary cap issues. That being said, looking at this offense, I'm telling you, keep an eye on Jalen Tolbert. I want to see this wide receiver start week one. Apparently, Michael Gallup will not be ready. And uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, it's nice that they drafted a very unsung hero in Jalen Tolbert. Expect big things out of him in Dallas. And the other guy that I do love is my James Washington from Pittsburgh. I think he's going to complement this offense really, very well. But Dalton Schultz not getting extended. Again, kind of confused. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I thought there was a good rapport there between Doc and Dalton. Yeah, you know, he was solid, Dominic. He was solid. And I think that you know, he was a guy that would move the change for them. Uh, I think, like I said, for me, not necessarily a game breaker there. Uh, yeah, look, you're, you're right. I think people forgot that, you know, Gallup is coming off an injury and probably won't be ready to start the season there. Uh, so question marks there for the Dallas Cowboys. Moving on to the Dolphins, tight end Mike Kosicki not getting an extension as well. Uh, and, you know, obviously being a big Dolphins fan and, and following them, uh, I didn't think that they would get a deal done either. Oh, man, I like Kosicki, Dominic. I like Kosicki. And he's showed some signs of life with Tua and they have been on the same page 
for the most part. The knock on him is he's not a very good blocking tight end, which is true. He's really more of a, a receiver. Uh, he's, he's more of a receiver, a big receiver, I guess, similarly to Kyle Pitts, obviously not with upset that Kyle Pitts has, but kind of reminds me of him. Um, just the fact that he could be a threat, you know, at, at any road at the wide receiver position. And I really like him. He's big in the red zone. He's made spectacular catches season after season for this Dolphins team. I want to see him getting more involved in this offense. Cause you talk about the uh, additions, the Miami Dolphins added, obviously Tyree Kill, Cedric Wilson. Where does that leave a guy like Mike Kosicki, who I guess you can say is not necessarily a true tight end. I really want him to stay a Dolphin. My gut is telling me that he's going to play this season. And then he may be moved on next season from the Dolphins. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of more of one of those feelings. I could see it drifting away. I really hope he has a big year for Miami because I think he can be great for these guys. Uh, I know he's a great player and I think he has a ton of upside. I don't even think he's reached his potential yet, Dominic. But uh, Mike Kosicki and the Dolphins, unfortunately, not getting a deal done before the, uh, the deadline. Six foot six, 247 pounds. You won't find a better tight end in the NFL. That's a prototype. Beautiful pass catching tight end. If they lose Mike Gaziski, I think that this team is making a huge mistake. I'm guessing it's a ploy again, kind of similar to Dallas playing hardball. Miami will have a great season. That's my gut feeling. If they have a great season and they actually go to the playoffs, maybe even win a game in the playoffs. Wow. This team's going to have to keep this core intact. Gaziski is part of that core. You can't lose him. If you have a problem blocking, get yourself the best fullback in the NFL or maybe run some different formations with a blocking tight end on the opposite side. But you can't lose this guy. If they do, my head's going to scratch. But then again, I'm not worried. I think this is the year for the Dolphins. They put a beautiful team together. These guys will gel, expect big things from the Dolphins. And we talked about how I believe they will win that division in the AFC East. Oh, Dominic, you're getting me excited. Don't get me too excited there, Dominic. I've had my hopes up before as a Dolphins fan, but not going to lie, it's pretty uh, pretty tough not to think about this team. And uh, you know, But it's, kind of, it's <laughs> these type of boneheaded moves. You can't not lose. You built yourself a core player. This guy's been there for a long time. Why yeah. are you letting him go? You don't let this guy walk. He's too talented as an athlete. I want to see him thrive in that Dolphins offense, and it's going to happen next year. Yeah, look, Dominic, he has uh, been with the Dolphins for four years now out of Penn State. Only had two touchdowns last year, but did have his career high in 73 catches, uh, beating his previous career high, which was 53 just the year before. Uh, 780 yards. Uh, around 10 yards per catch. Like, that's all they really need him to be. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see his role with Tyree Kale now. And, you know, maybe that leaves Mike Kosicki, a guy like him, more open uh, with uh, all the game plan you got to do towards uh, Tyree Kale. So, look, I really want him to stay a Dolphin. I hope he's a Dolphin for a long time. Unfortunately, though, we've seen situations like this before where you can't keep everyone, you can't keep everyone happy. So my fingers are crossed with him. Um, and yeah, he is one of my favorite players on the Dolphins. That is for sure. Dominic, with, you know, preseason right around the corner. Uh, we're already in mid-July, even like a little bit past that now. Crazy to think that, you know, the NFL start of the season uh, is right around the corner today. Uh, well, as our show is airing, it's July 21st. That's less than two months until the kickoff uh, between those who's playing week one, those Bills and Rams to start off the season. Uh, storylines, Dominic, every offseason we talk about cool storylines heading into the new season. I think this year with all the player movement, there is a ton more storylines uh, than we're used to. I guess just a few things pop into uh, to your mind. Dominic, what are the first ones that come to mind when you think about uh, things to look out for in the season? Maybe it's signings you liked, signings you didn't like. Uh, maybe we're talking a little bit too much about a team or one team or player that's flying under the radar. Um, something I've talked about is, look, as a Dolphins fan, Tua, I, I think he's under the most pressure out of any player in the NFL this year. Uh, you know, lefty QB out of Alabama. Had a ton, ton of upside coming out of there, winning national championships, um, a super likable guy. And, uh, you know, unfortunately hasn't, you know, lived up to the hype. So for me, like, call me biased, but I'm sticking on that. That is my number one storyline heading into this season. Obviously, we got a few more, but I'm curious to see if you got, uh, you know, any, any different ones, maybe some we haven't talked about or that people uh, aren't thinking about enough heading into the season. Yeah, me, it's more on a personal note. 
I yeah. really don't like the New England Patriots, never have liked the New England Patriots, but I hate how journalists out there keep on propping this team year in and year out. Now they're propping Mac Jones being on this healthy diet, expecting huge things for the Patriots this year. I want to see this implode in Bill Belichick's face. I really don't want to see Mac Jones succeed whatsoever. I want him to have like yeah. a five and 12 season would make my heart <laughs> so happy to see those Patriots suffer because I am tired to hear about the Patriots on a yearly basis. Tom Brady's gone. Stop trying to fabricate a new Tom Brady. Mac Jones had a lucky year. I'm calling it right now. A lucky year last year and expect for this year to be quite different and Bill Belichick to be looking in the QB market probably next year because there's a beautiful draft at the quarterback position. Not saying that the Patriots are going to finish dead last in the NFL, but I'm saying that Mac Jones is going to have a down year. We'll just have to wait and see how bad that's going to be. Oh, Dominic, that is music to my ears. There's no one that dislikes the Patriots, I would say, more than yours, truly. I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying, Dominic. You look at this roster, and I feel like it's kind of difficult to think of a scenario where this team is, you know, able to win the division, and even if they're not, are able to make noise in the playoffs. Last year, you know, they were good enough to make the playoffs, grabbing a wild card spot, uh, and then getting shellacked by those Buffalo Bills. Really, you know, you talk about Mac Jones, and, you know, Obviously, the most important position in football is the quarterback. So it is going to come down to a lot with him. I want to see his rapport he builds with Devontae Parker, um, former Dolphins uh, wide receiver, obviously. But I just don't think this team has enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I, I really don't. You know, you look at um, Nikita Harry. Actually, we didn't talk about Dominic, that who ended up getting traded. Some we'll talk about, I guess we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, and now, you know, losing him, he wasn't the guy they wanted him to be. You got Jacoby Myers, you know, you got Hunter Henry. Like, I just, I don't think this team is going to be, like, you know, bottom tier when it comes to scoring points. I just, I, I really feel like the New England Patriots right now are middle of the pack team. And I think that they're living off uh, the past success that they had and how good Belichick's been for this squad. But, you know, realistically, Dominic, I you know, coming into the season, I don't see this team uh, winning winning any playoff games, if you ask me, honestly. Last year's a frigging asterisk, if you ask me. There's no way in hell that team was competitive, in my opinion. Uh, Mac Jones, you, you didn't even know going into the season, what kind of offense is this, is this offense? Is this going to be a running offense? Is it going to be a passing offense? Hey, my hat's off to them. Last year, you pulled a rabbit out of your hat. You're not pulling one this year on the NFL. We see you coming, Bill Belichick. You got nothing. And I think the NFL is going to be ready for you this year. Hey, uh, Dom, some uh, some hot takes there from Dom Demeester. I like it. Talking about Nikhil Harry Dominic, he is taking his quote-unquote talent to the Chicago Bears uh, for a 2024 seventh-round draft pick. Like, look, see what you want about Nikhil Harry Dominic, but you're getting for it. The, all the Bears had to give up was a seventh-round pick. I think this is, a, you know, a win for the Chicago Bears um, coming out of Arizona State. We've talked about it. Let's not, you know, be a broken record there. Nikhil Harry, good guy, has potential, blah, blah, blah. If you're getting it for a seventh-round pick, Dominic, I think that's a thumbs-up for the Chicago Bears. Oh, for sure. There's barely no receivers in this offense, and you want to have some red zone receivers. And yeah. Nikhil Harry's got the frigging stature to do it. Beautiful landing spot. Not going to say the guy's going to do marvelous things in Chicago. He's going to have to prove it. He clearly has a beautiful college football tape. It's the reason why he got drafted uh, by the Patriots so high. Well, let's see what happens with a new environment. Sometimes that's all it takes is a beautiful environment and some connections with a new quarterback in Justin Fields. We'll have to wait and see, but I'm definitely a believer. I believe in the N. Keel Harry for sure. And look, Dominic, obviously we talk about, uh, you know, like you said, his talent's coming out of college. Uh, I, I think it's in him. Like, I, I can see him 
having a DC with the Chicago Bears now. Do I think Chicago is going to be a great team? No, I don't. I think it's a good spot for uh, or a good uh, toy for Justin Fields uh, to have now. I think that, uh, you know, big season coming up for him. And, you know, talking about like quarterbacks now, I think that's another thing to look out for in the offseason is just quarterback battles, right? You talk about, we just talked about Dominic, the Carolina Panthers. We talk about who's going to be starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. What's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo there? The quarterback situation in Cleveland, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Obviously, if he plays, he will be the starting quarterback there. Uh, but, you know, you look at like various teams across uh, across the NFL and these like quarterback situations aren't set in stone now. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of question marks even more so than years past, just about who's going to be starting quarterbacks uh, of certain franchises. And that's why I think that I'm happy the NFL dropped the preseason game and is now down to three because too many guys were getting injured in preseason. But preseason, Dominic, is going to be key this year for battles, especially at the quarterback position spot. You talk about rookies that could potentially come in. Uh, I think even with the Atlanta Falcons, Dominic, if Desmond Ritter is having as good as an offseason as they say in Atlanta, maybe he's able to be starting quarterback week one uh, in Atlanta. I'm not so sure that'll happen, but just something to follow, Dominic, heading into the season is the, the quarterback battles of who's going to be QB1 on that depth chart. Oh, for sure. A lot of battles happening. I like that you mentioned Atlanta. That's one that I'm keeping my eye on as well because there's all these beautiful opportunities to have in Atlanta. Atlanta right now is an up-and-coming team, rebuilding. They drafted a great guy in Drake London. Yeah, Who's going to be able to build that rapport with Drake London, I think, long-term, clearly, uh, will be uh, the beneficiary of more playing time. I think they're going to start the season with Marcus Mariota, but there might be a quick hook. So expect Marcus Mariota to start the season. But if he, if he struggles, maybe they're going to have some fan pressure. The fans just, they want they want their draft pick to be out there sooner than later. I don't get it, but it seems to be the case in all NFL franchises. Fans just, they can't bide their time. They just, they want to get the product on the field right away. Just for the sheer fact that they could cheer someone different. <laughs> Yeah. Probably because the other quarterback has thrown X amount of interception or is just struggling. I employ fans all over the entire NFL. Keep your patience. That's how you develop a quarterback. You sit him year one and see what can happen. Hey, there you go. Some wise words from Dom Demeester. And just quickly now, before we finish, just looking at the schedule week one, Dominic, I'm licking my chops, looking at these games. You got, obviously we talked about Browns Panthers and what that means for Baker Mayfield. You got the Dolphins and Patriots. You got the Steelers Bengals. You got the Chiefs and Cardinals at 425. The Packers Vikings, Sunday Night Football, Tampa Bay and the Dallas Cowboys. And then to top it off, the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be an incredibly exciting week one, Dominic. Uh, and you talk about quarterback you know, playing against your former teams, uh, Russell Wilson making his return to those Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think it'll be nothing but love there, winning a Super Bowl there and being great for that franchise. Week one cannot come soon enough, folks. I'm super excited for the NFL to start. Uh, hope NFL, uh, this power hour has been enough to kind of keep you uh, in the loop and uh, keep us waiting as we all anxiously await the start of the NFL season. Hope you enjoyed the show, folks. That's it for this season. If you're on vacation, enjoy, stay safe. We'll see you guys next week. You were listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal.